Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Cisco and Falzone Hour, broadcasting politics with Mark Falzone and Cisco Acosta. Tonight, we have a great guest, a political analyst, Sandra Lee. She's the author of Dear Donald's Letters from a Loving Deplorable, and she'll be on in five minutes. Well, we have another nation that has joined the world of nations. It's called CHAZ, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And it's been taken over by BLM and also Antifa. They have taken total control of that city, of that area. The mayor, Durkin, and the governor, Island are not doing anything. As a matter of fact, they're calling it, they're having a block party. A picnic, you know, it's outrageous. Can you imagine all those citizens living in that area of Capitol uh, Hill? Very expensive area, and now you have now you have another country within your city, Jazz, as they call it, and the officers, the police are nowhere to be found. They cannot, even the mayor will not step into the new autonomous country within the state, the city of Seattle. How disgraceful. You know, the, the rest of the world is really laughing at us right now. Well, they're laughing at the, the, the liberal cities that are totally, have gone haywire. I guarantee that there's so many people right now thinking, you know what, we're out of here. We're we're going to sell our homes. You know, let them, hey, they want to increase the area in Seattle so it becomes a, a, a bigger autonomous. Go ahead. But I guarantee that people are, go, are already planning to leave these liberal, communist, socialist shitholes. Boom. Mark, go ahead. Yes. I want to focus on one thing tonight uh, that's been going on. Who are these white people kissing persons of color's shoes? What the hell is that? Uh, here's my approach to it. If you want me to kiss your shoes because of your race, well, I'll do that right after you kiss my fanny, okay? <laughs> That's where I'm coming from. I'm embarrassed for these people. I'm embarrassed. I, I, I can't – or the other ones that have themselves tied up and, you know, they're walking – with the ropes around their necks and whatnot. I, I'm embarrassed. It's like, excuse me, the whites are no better but no worse than anybody else. I mean, right. if, if you want violence, just look at the history of the world from Asia, Africa, Europe, all amongst one another. Blacks killing blacks, Asians killing Asians. On a grand scale, you know, in Asia, battles... DC in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah, so again, yeah, definitely. You want me to kiss your boots right after you kiss my fanny because I'm no better, no worse than anyone. None of us are. Well said, Mark. Thank that's, you. That's, that's all. That's that's. I mean, you, you hit it right on the nail. I mean, you hit the nail on, on the coffin. I mean, it's totally, it's disgraceful. I I just don't see how individuals can basically lower themselves to do something like that. Um, but and then, again, I know. And then also, Cisco, what's this crap? Persons of color can't be racist. Excuse me. If five black guys beat up a guy just because he's white, hello, that's racist. I'm so because well, they, they don't know him from a hole in the wall. You know, yeah. the, the guy could be the next upcoming saint. And yep. uh, you, they, they don't know him. That's clearly racial. That's clearly racist. And anyone who says persons of color can't be racist, you know right off the top when they say that, they're full of crap with everything they say. Thank yep. you. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the, the other piece that I, I wanted to touch on is this whole situation with the coronavirus at East Elmhurst Hospital in Queens, New York. That's, gonna, that's a huge scandal. This undercover whistleblower nurse, registered nurse, she has actual videos of COVID patients 
being put in rooms with non-COVID patients. No wonder the number of individuals who have died in the state of New York, in the city of New York, are outrageous. But let's let's get, bring in our guest. Um, I'm just going to give her a call right now, Miss Sa- Sandra Lee. Sandra Lee. Sandra, good evening. Welcome to the Cisco and Falstone Hour. Have my co-host uh, Mark on the line, and we welcome you. Hello, well, thank Sandra. you, thank you. It's good to hear from you. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, Sandra, she's an author of Dear Donald's Letters from a Loving Deplorable. You're a political analyst, and you were also the editor of Women's Journal, right? At one point. Yes, yes. For uh, nine years, I published a magazine here in Ohio. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Shows in uh, New York. I lived in New York for a long, long time. And I've been a school teacher. I'm a retired school teacher, and I'm an author, and I'm an actress. I've done so many different things. It's just unbelievable. And now now I'm writing these Dear Donald books. I just finished my second book, Dear Donald, Four More Years. But the one we're talking about, Tonight is Dear Donald, Letters from a Loving Deplorable. Don't ask me why I wrote about Donald Trump. I don't even know. It just, it sort of just poured out of me. You know how these things go when you're an artist. Sometimes you're just drawn to something. And the book literally wrote its, and I did it in the form of letters to Donald Trump. You know, the Bible very often of the apostles wrote, in the form of letters to the people. So I said, well, if they could do it, I could do it. And I, it just seemed to be an easy way for me. So, so I talk about my life and his life. And, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk about tonight, you wanted to talk about what's going on with all these school closings and should they right. open again and, and all yeah. of that. That's one of your concerns, is it not? Definitely, definitely. Uh, well, you know, there, there's been a trend in homeschooling uh, for the past couple of years. There's been also a trend from public school to charter schools and homeschooling. And so now we have a new trend, which is now the virtual online school for a lot of the children that, that basically have been pulled away from going to schools. And one of the things that I wanted to touch initially was where do you see virtual online schooling for children, not just in the United States, but on a global basis, because right now you have all these individuals utilizing internet bandwidth and internet connections. And, you know, is that sustainable? That type of teaching? You know, I think we, we have to accept the fact that we're in a modern age and more and more we're going to be accessing visual assistance in our teaching. At the mm-hmm. same time, most parents, most teachers, most of our culture as we're re- are increasingly horrified by the addiction they have to their screens. Their whole life is screen focused and it is indeed terrifying to see them lose the ability to have social connection and to be out with other children going and doing and seeing and experiencing. I don't want them addicted to their screens. Now this last couple of weeks my grandchildren came to visit me. My son and my grandchildren from New York. I lived in New York for a very, very long time. Where, where in New York? They are in Port Washington in New York. Oh, Long Island. Port, Port Washington, Yeah, Long they Island. pulled the kids out yeah, of school very nice before. Section. A beautiful section. Before this whole shutdown started, they pulled the, the kids out of school. And I said, why? You know, this beautiful town, wonderful suburban town, very high-end town, wonderful schools, why would they find the schools 
offensive. You know, things going on in schools today, they're so liberal, they're so left, that it's, to a, a conservative family, kind of horrifying and frightening that there, there's no room to express a conservative point of view. So that becomes um, a problem. Heaven forbid if you don't want a vaccination in New York, there's mm-hmm. no way you cannot be vaccinated. So that right. becomes a problem. And then um, the homeschooling at first seems like a wonderful solution. How convenient. You don't have to deal with the school bus time from class to class. You don't have all those social interactions, which can be problematic. You don't have that competitiveness about who's wearing what and, and who has what kind of sneakers on and who does. But the disadvantages are there's no social connection. Kids right. are stuck home all day. Board. Their parents are terrible teachers. Their parents are terrible at organizing their homeschooling. There's lots and lots of opportunities for different things to do for homeschoolers, but the parents have to organize all of this. Income so busy helping his wife work. No hope for her to go out and work because this is a full-time job organizing homeschooling. It was a nightmare. Now, I'm a trained teacher. They have kids here visiting with every street in the house, every subject at a different hour. I have a a 16-year-old and I have an 11-year-old grandchild, and they're on different screens in different courses. It was bedlam. And I am a gifted teacher. Right. Well, my, 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 able my dad. And handle it, and I wasn't. Yeah, yeah my, my dad was a math teacher, uh, and, um, he, he, and he was a teacher in areas, lower-income areas. Uh, and it was, it was a, a full-time job, not just 9 to 5 or 8 to 4. It was seven days a week. Uh, so, oh, my yeah. goodness. What these teachers do, God bless them. The schools yeah. are too liberal. And there I will, I will object. There needs to be um, a more balanced voice in the schools. They have become incredibly liberal. And that is a problem. But kids need the social aspects of school, not just the learning that goes on there. They thrive on that social part of the school school experience. Sometimes they suffer from it as well. It can be difficult, but that's life. You have to learn to get along with people, all kinds of people, and they learn that in school. Don't you think? No, ma'am. Sandra, I'd like to add one thing into that, Uh, and it's very pertinent to what we're discussing. Uh, One of my nieces is a special needs school teacher here in New Jersey now, and she says what they're doing is they're supposedly, you know, teaching the children online. And she just looked at me and says, you know how difficult, you know, it's difficult enough with special needs children in the classroom. She said online is, uh, I, I, the she didn't say it, but it seemed insurmountable was the word she was using. You know, well, I agree. My younger grandson is special needs. He's been in a classroom with six children for a number of years and thrives in the school system. Now they want to pull him out because they insist on vaccinating him and he feels that the family feels that part of the reason he has these special needs was because of a negative reaction to vaccines. Who knows? I don't know. I try to keep an open mind, but I can tell you that I saw that little boy suffering, trying to manage these learning experiences on that screen at a kitchen table at home, not being with his friends, not being with other children, not being with a teacher he loves, having to deal with his mother who is not trained as a teacher, his father who was losing his patience, his grandmother who did not understand math the way it's being taught today. I was a wonderful teacher, a gifted teacher, 
but I can't teach every single subject. I'm not trained with special needs children. You send these children to a public school, and believe me, they're not perfect, but they are so equipped in a thousand ways to deal with all the various needs of the children. We need to improve our schools, but we certainly cannot eliminate them. We need to add some of the visual aspects that we can get with a little bit of homeschooling, but we cannot replace the public school system with homeschooling, in my opinion. No, definitely, definitely, I agree. But, uh, you know, in Europe, I, I, I have a cousin in, in, in Holland, and, uh, and she was telling me that in, in the school systems now, they're basically, if children want to play with each other, they have to play six feet apart from each other. That's the oh, new, that's ridiculous. That is you know, the that's trend ridiculous. that's happening in Europe. And, you know, whatever happens in Europe tends to come over here because the, the liberals tend to just basically follow what the, the, the Europeans do. So that's what's happening right now in schools. They're basically separating them six feet apart, and that's how you, they're playing with each other. That's, that's a nightmare. And I, that, that, I am fighting as hard as I can possibly fight for people to stop this. You know, children need to play. Children need connection. Half the fun they have are contact sports and, and yes. contacts of all kinds. So this yes. is unhealthy. And even in, in, in the adult community, you know, if you go for a manicure, you go to a beauty shop, or you go to a store, it's, I think it's insane the degree to which they're separating people. They're, you need to be somewhat prudent, but it's time for us to stop this. I think it's excessive, and I think it's destructive. And, you know, we need, the children need to um, be in school because their parents need to work. You know, parents are terrible teachers. They're not good at it. And, and many of them, mom and dad, both work. And they, they, I remember being a school teacher, and I'd get to my classroom door, and moms and dads would bring their children up to my door. They would greet me with, you would think I was a saint. You would think I was an angel from heaven. They couldn't wait for me to embrace their children. They knew I loved their children. They knew their children loved me. They knew the kids were in good hands. And they could go and do the work that they loved doing and that they were good at doing and look forward to being with their children after school, helping them with homework, being with them for dinner, but not being with them every minute of the day. It's just right. not healthy. Definitely. Uh, 732-539, do you have a question for Sandra? Oh, hi. This is Vicki. Um, yeah. I just got on um, the show right now. I couldn't get on before. So I'm listening, so I can't answer oh. the question, but I'd like I'd like to get one later, okay? Can I oh, yeah, just definitely. listen for a Oh, while? yeah, definitely. So thank you, Vicki. Sandra, uh, in the new poll from the American Federation of Children, shows that more parents are considering pulling their children out of public schools. It's, well, uh, I can understand that parents are disgruntled. My, my son and his wife, are very, very disenchanted in many ways with the public schools in the suburbs of New York. We're talking high-end suburbs suburbs here. These are very well-run, very sophisticated Mm -hmm. schools. But some of the things that they don't like about the public schools are they're too liberal, they're excessively liberal, and that can be overwhelming to parents who are a little more conservative in their thinking. Um, Some of the teachers, they feel, um, are arrogant. That was not my experience when I was teaching. I have to tell you honestly that some of the most wonderful human beings I have ever met, and I've had five careers. I'm a working girl, let me tell you. I've worked in a lot of different (laughs) venues. And and the most wonderful people I ever met were school teachers. They're fabulous human beings. So I think... I think we've spoiled this generation. I certainly spoiled my son. He's certainly spoiling his children from what I can observe. And I think their expectations are unrealistic. I think they're too demanding. I think we need to appreciate all that's good in the public school system. I think 
parents who are pulling their children out, right. they're, they're irate and they're annoyed with the liberalism in the schools, are finding themselves overwhelmed. It's like this zone, you know, you see on television uh, these young people who have started their own little community. Yes. And, I and, just and oh, they think yes. they're going to find this wonderful new free. Wait till they see how hard it is to organize a community. You know, that's not yeah. going to work. Well, it's just that, utterly that... silly. It's ridiculous. Well, they, you and know, the you know they, token, they, they, they already asked for foreign aid. They already asked for yeah, foreign aid. They, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, that, was part, that was part of my monologue, the, 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 the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, also known as CHAZ in Seattle, in the heart of downtown Seattle. So, again, I brought it up during my monologue that a lot of these folks, and we're going to change the tune just for, for, uh, for a couple of minutes, the change the tune, a lot of those individuals that live in that area of Capitol Hill, which is supposed to be a very nice area, that those parents that have children, what do you think they're saying to, to each other? We're out of here. You know, We're it's bedlam. Here. It's bedlam. Yes. And, and yes. here's the reality. Schools are not perfect. But when you have children at home all day long and parents who should be working, trying to organize their lives around educating these children, things become tense. I saw my son and my daughter-in-law losing their tempers. These are people who have been raised in a Christian home. You know, I, I, I pray all day. But I have crucifixes on every wall open to other religions and other spiritual points of view. These are good people. Losing their temp patients, they're not equipped to teach these children. They need to be in more professionally run schools have spent hundreds of thousands of hours organizing curriculum and planning programs and working out physical um, exercise and gym classes and art classes and music classes. You think this has been easy, creating these schools? It's taken a lifetime, and they need to be improved but be abolished. That's unrealistic. Well, one positive thing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that with having so many of our children getting educated from home, the indoctrination, the indoctrination, the, the liberal indoctrination has been curbed has been diminished to a certain extent. Would you think? Would you well, there, agree? There is an advantage there. And that's probably <laughs> the one you. thing that concerns me the most is <laughs> that there's too much of a liberal voice in school. And yes. I do think we need to address that. We absolutely do. But I'm not sure that the answer to that is homeschooling. I think the answer to that is parents need to get very, very involved in PTA. And um, maybe you need to move to areas that are not so liberal. You know, my children are actually considering coming back to Ohio, which is a little more conservative. And so they don't run into the same kind of upsets uh, they do with the liberalism. As long as you stay out of Columbus. Well, yeah, you know, that's... That's true. I think we need a more balanced we need a more balanced voice in general politically and across the country in schools, in government, in police departments, in um fire departments, in every department. Of course we need more balance. The the well, liberalism well, is a bit out of control. Why don't we start with the media? That would be a good start. I I am I'm lost. You've got me there. I certainly am as involved in media as I can be, but right. boy, is the media dominated by a liberal voice. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's 90%. terrifying. We need more networks, and we need um, more social media under the control of more conservative voices as well. So I don't know what the answer to that is. I'm reaching well, out to you for some 
input for that well, hope? I, I, I think we're, we're, we're again, in, we're in a culture information war. And in order for, uh, uh, for our country to survive, we need to get everyone cooperating and working together because there is, there is that war, internal war that's happening. You know, every day, social media, you have the big media tech giants like Google and, and uh, Facebook and Twitter basically doing shadow banning. Uh, when I was growing up, they shadow banning where they basically are restricting your First Amendment, expressing yourself. Well, we need, you know, it's a monopoly. And we mm-hmm. need voices in social media. Uh, we need companies that are more conservative. Because when these liberal companies dominate, that's um, a monopoly that's destructive to the culture. You know, I grew up, we, we were hippies. We were, we were mm-hmm. uh, oh, we thought we had all the answers, believe me. And you, as you grow up and you earn a living and you support a family and, you know, you become... As you get older, it's very, very common that as people get older, they get a little more conservative. So this trend that we're watching right now, it's not going to be forever. Things come and go. They, they, they're popular and then they're not. I think some of these monopolies, these monopolies that are dominated by liberal forces, I think uh, conservative forces will also come to bear with some of these kinds of services like Facebook and like Twitter and you know because some of these uh, liberal platforms are keeping conservative voices from being heard so we need to compete with those platforms that's going to be an important thing for us to do in the future I'm counting I'm counting on you to do that well, we're, we're, we're working every week and every day trying to uh, bring out the real news, not the fake news, uh, but great, and, and having great guests like, like yourself. Uh, in regards to charter school, what, what is your take on charter schools in, in comparison to public schools? You know, it depends. It depends. I think the people who couldn't get a job in public schools are teaching in charter schools. You okay. know, I, I, I really don't trust the charter school system. I think it's a good idea that uh, people are trying to promote, but I think most of them are inferior. Some of them are very, very good. But by and large, they don't have access to the same abundance of options that are available in a public school system. So I am not totally in favor of charter schools. What do you think? Have you seen some good ones that you are excited about? I I think in New Jersey, there has been two public uh, charter schools in, in one in Newark and another one, I think in Bellevue, uh, Belleville, uh, which have really competed with a lot of the top public schools every single year. So I think there is. Well, there is, it's not that there, it's there, not that they can't succeed. I think some of them do succeed, but yeah. as a general rule, I think um, the children are not going to have access to the same opportunities that they will have in a public school. There are definitely some good charter schools, but by and large, I don't think they're strong. They don't have access to all of the things that the public schools have. Yeah, and this, and this is coming from my, my dad, who was very involved. He was a teacher. He was part of the uh, uh, United Federation of Teachers in New York, part of the American Federation of Teachers. Uh, was out there when they boycotted uh, and they went on strike uh, with Mr. Albert Shanker. You, you should, you know, that name should ring a bell to you, Albert Shanker. Found it. Uh, so yes, I think public schools at that time were really, really top notch. I think right now it's been it's been politicized. 
and I think we've union. lost a lot of um, a lot of what could be wonderful in the public school because the unions, the teachers' mm-hmm. unions, have become uh, too powerful. Uh, the Democrats are buying mm-hmm. them, right. and so there are problems. There's no question that there are problems there, and um, the shutdown that we have just experienced affected 55 million children. And so, you know, they, they went home and for a while experienced some nice things about being home, the benefits of flexibility, more time with your kids, you know, the fact that the parents could possibly entertain working at home. Um, the cost of private schools was very expensive. The travel time that the children didn't lose by getting on a school bus. But you know what? Getting on a school bus is a great thing. There's time to organize your notebook. There's time to talk to your friends. I'm very, very pro-public schools. I don't think staying home all day is a good thing. I don't think it's good for the parents. I don't think it's good for the kids. But, of course, the parents had carefully prepared and presented lessons. Sometimes when they're online, they seem well-prepared and presented nicely, but there's not that personal interaction. Uh, you know, I used, to, I used to hug my kids when I was a teacher. Boy, you can't do that anymore. Uh, but I think that's, that's sadly missing. There needs to be a, a warm feeling between teacher and student. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That physical, uh, warm interaction. That, now, how do you see teachers today teaching online compared to on-site teaching what what make what would in your opinion since you're a teacher what would you consider to be a a really top-notch teacher teaching online than teaching on-site in the in in, in the classroom how, how well would, the advantage how would, the advantage yes. of teaching online you know some of some teachers are gifted at it they're naturals but most right. teachers are pretty clumsy with it. The advantage could be, you know, if you're looking into the future, the opportunity right. to do curriculum development and program planning, which is magnificent the way Sesame Street was, you know. I mean, if you're going to do a production and you're going to think it through and you're going to costume it, it's going to be colorful and it's going to be entertaining and it's going to be interesting. And it's going to be provocative. How wonderful. It's not that it doesn't have some good potential. But most of these teachers, God help them, they're pulling themselves together, trying to make a lesson viable uh, on their computer screens, trying to figure out how to answer the questions that their students have. It's not well thought out. It's not well planned. It's not professionally done. Is there some hope for some of this to be better done in the future? and maybe enriching some of our learning with this? Yes, but to dominate our learning with this and eliminate the public school? God help us. I would hate to see Definitely. that happen. Definitely. And, and this has taken another step for college students who are refusing now in some schools, and they're actually suing some of these colleges to get their refund, refund their money back because they're saying, wait a minute, I signed up to go to the University of Ohio State, and I'm paying all this money for me to sit home. There's been a backlash against online schooling, online uh, education, when it goes to the higher levels in, 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 uh, in college. And I'll tell you what the hugest, the biggest problem in the colleges, from my are now in college, I tend to come from a conservative family. They're terrified to open their mouth and express any political feelings that aren't absolutely liberal. That's not right in the college environment. At the same time, children, young adults, love the experience of going away to school, even if it's a half an hour away from home or an hour away from home. It's a wonderful experience. But it, too, has become corrupted. It really has. I remember going to my son's college, and it was a state college, 
And I, I literally couldn't walk down the hallway of the dorm. The, the floors of the dorms were slimy with beer. And at the door to the rooms for the kids, there were cases of beer stacked from the floor to the ceiling. The dorms were co-ed. And most of what was going on in those dorms was um, sexual and promiscuous. Now, this was many, many, many years ago. I have no idea what's going on in today's dormitories, but if that was happening 20 years ago, I can only imagine what's happening now. So colleges have become, the fraternities are a problem, the sororities are a problem. The whole educational system needs to be less liberal, more conservative, and get back to some good old-fashioned spiritual values. That's that's and, what I think. I think it's become way too progressive. And less corrupt. We had all these Hollywood stars basically paying off these individuals, college or uh, financial firms that or, or college to get their, their kids into these schools, which they didn't really qualify to be able to... Or attend. we have... Or, or we have the Chinese. They don't exactly. care how much they pay. They want to go to Harvard and Yale and Princeton and Dartmouth, yes. and they want to steal all of our intellectual property. So yes. schools have become, you know, they could be the most wonderful things in the world, but they are a, uh, a danger to us if we don't get control right. of all those negative aspects that are undermining the positive possibilities of well-run schools. And in my book, Dear Donald, I address that. I, I speak as a school teacher from beginning to end, and I just have such faith in this president. He wants kids to go back to school in the fall. Yes. He's very, very much against what Fauci is suggesting, that maybe right. we'll you, keep the schools closed. No way. He doesn't want any part of that. Sandra, so I'm, you I'm took on the words out of it. on that one. Sa Sandra, you took the words out of my mouth. That's where we were going. The Dear Donald letters from a, a Loving Deplorable. When did you start thinking about writing these letters? When did it hit you? When, when he became president or after? Or you've been thinking about uh, Donald Trump for, for a long time to write letters. Well, I've liked Donald Trump for many, many years, but when I saw him come down that escalator, what an iconic moment. You know, there are, there are moments in history where there's a picture that you just never forget, you know. There are lots of them in my mind, and, and of the maybe hundreds of them that I've enjoyed over my lifetime. That is one of the iconic visual moments of my life. That beautiful image of him coming down that escalator. I got it, and so did millions of others. The minute I saw that descent, you would think it would have been an ascent, but it wasn't. It was a descent from Trump Towers. And we knew that he was coming down, coming into the people, and going to be a voice of change. Imagine he would actually become president. And that was, from that moment on, I was enchanted, and I started writing these letters. I didn't think it was be, going to be a book. They were just basically letters to my friends, my way of expressing myself. Next thing right. you knew, I had hundreds of them, and it was a book. And then I, I started and finished book two as well. Dear Donald, four more years. I really think he's going to win, despite of all of yeah. this nightmarish confusion that has gone on in the past four months. The only way, and I, I've said it to uh, quite a few of our listeners and uh, I'm exchanging messages, that the only way that that cannot happen that he wins is if they cheat. And we know that they cheat, but I think uh, Donald Trump is going to be ready for that. And I, and I think, again, I, I agree with you. But I, I want to I want to touch on each uh, of some of the letters. Wait, you know what? Can Before, I just chime in a second? Yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. have to chime in. Yeah, I wanted to say uh, we've raised five children through the school system. Okay, so 
I don't need uh, any, uh, any anyone telling me how liberal they are because we've lived through it. You know, I, I was an old uh, corporate boardroom uh, cutthroat. So when I went up against these teachers, I had to go up there. I would cut them off at the friggin' ankles because all they have is their leftist bullshit. And when, when you expose that, there's not, nothing left standing, and there shouldn't be when you're in the face of that type of ideology. I had to say that. Thank you. Well, God bless you for going and standing up for your position because we need more parents who will do that. The, the schools have become dangerously liberal. And what a shame because there's such an opportunity there to give children so much, but we have to not give them these excessively liberal points of view. It's gone way too left. We have to find something in the middle. I have to to tell you this one. In one instance, instance, I went up there and slapped the bejesus out of about four or five of them that thought they were going to bushwhack me. And next month, they named my son Student of the Month. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, you you let your voice be heard, which is good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought I'm all corporate boardroom uh, cutthroat. I want to know, how are your children doing? How are your children Um, doing today? Oh, today? Uh, Well, they're in various occupations. Uh, One, the youngest is still in school. Uh, so one there, uh, my one son is a disabled veteran. He, he hurt himself, uh, over the, you know, in uh, Afghanistan, he hurt his back. Well, God Real bless bad. him. Thank you. For yeah. He was service. in Afghanistan. He's been in Afghanistan, uh, and Iraq, uh, you know, in, in, in his career. Now, and now he's disabled. I have another son. He's, uh, an executive in a company. I have another one who's an up-and-coming chef. Uh, he's, you know, he's made the who's who list of chefs in New Jersey. And I have, and my one in the middle is a stiff. You know, you gotta have to get one out of five. <laughs> well, aren't you wonderful? Well, God bless you for raising five children. It isn't over yet. It's never over. I'm still never. raising no, no, my children it's not. It's, and grandchildren. It's, uh, you always are trying to give them some wisdom and. And, and yeah. give them the benefit of your experience. It never, never yeah. stops. Education exactly, is a, exactly. a lifetime. Yeah, I, I have grandchildren. Yeah, I, I have grandchildren now. I have three. Yeah. Well, well good Mark, for you. you wanna, we'll keep fighting to, to get those kids wanna, into more um, conservative places in definitely. school. We need a middle voice, a middle ground. It's gone yeah. way too far left. I don't want it Sandy to go Jones. all the way right either. Something in the middle that we can all live with. Definitely. Sandra, a minute. Uh, Mark, you want to give uh, who's sponsoring our show? Yes, yes. And uh, it's funny we're talking about schools because our sponsor is Students for a Better Future. Uh, we have chapters on uh, several universities within New Jersey. Uh, we're always looking to expand. And our leader is, I call her Her Highness, uh, <laughs> Doreen. Uh, an, an amazing woman who puts in amazing amounts of time and her own resources in, into the struggle at the high, at the college level, and uh, she also sponsors this program. Uh, she's uh, a, a woman. You know, I've been in this Tea Party business since its since its inception in New Jersey, and she's a. What I love about Doreen is she's so sincere. Uh, in, in what she's doing, uh, you know, Definitely. there's no ego involved with with Doreen. She just, you know, she's just in the trenches, firing away with a machine gun. You know. Definitely. Thank you for for that, uh, Mark. Uh, so let's uh, let's cover um, Sandra in regards to your letters. W- which ones are, are did you find more capturing, more, in, you know, that they, they, they well, really you know, made you. Um, Emotional. Uh, one of the things that I, um, whenever he would, whenever he would have an event, I would, you know, I would write about it. And I, I wrote once on Christmas Eve, we were about to celebrate Christmas 
Eve, and I said, I'm not going to be a Scrooge, Donald. I'm listening to um, a wonderful concert, and I'm, I'm watching you, and I'm telling him I worry about Syria and Afghanistan, and your decisions on these issues frighten me, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong. There's always a method to your madness. Will the real mad dog please stand up? I worry about the stock market. The entire country seems to be too busy shopping to do much about all of these issues. You know, I tell him what I'm worried about, and, and I, I sometimes get scared over he's making a decision or expressing himself. But inevitably, inevitably, he pulls it out of a hat. He makes the situation better. And so by the time I'm done writing my letter to him, I feel really better. And I always end with prayers. There are prayers of support engulfing you, Donald, and yours from unexpected places far and near. God bless you, Donald. And Merry, Merry Christmas, I say to him. there I end with a thank you, with praise. You know, I, I challenge him through the whole letter. Why did you do this? When did you do that? But by the time I get to the end of the letter, I can see what his thinking was. I can see how he brought the thing to a positive conclusion. I thank him and I bless him. I bless this yep. man a thousand times before I finish the book. He needs our prayers. He oh, needs definitely. our prayers. This is how could he take this on? The man had to be out of his mind. I mean, he was well, rich. Right. He had everything Give up he the needed. Lifestyle. Yes, yes. That but lifestyle I, but, but, to put his family through this. He really yeah. is dedicated. And I think um, I do think he's been touched by God. I do. I think this uh, this is something that he even he didn't expect. But he's well, embraced I, it. Fired by it. I, telling you I have energy I would never have thought I could muster up because I keep telling myself Donald if you can do it so can I and how many letters how many letters how many letters have you have you written probably 400 400 okay go ahead Mark yeah yeah uh no I, I just wanted to say that Way, way back when he, uh, just when he was coming down the escalator, I, I wrote a piece that I wondered if he knew something was going down because uh, after all, he's definitely part of the upper strata. You know, what, what, what all these uh, top flight libs know, he's going to know because he was always a big contributor to Dems and black organizations. Yes, so and he I, knew I the under he knew he the knew underbelly of the political system. going down so bad, yes, yeah, so bad that he gave up this luxurious lifestyle. Uh, and and the thing that I I know is bolstering him is he came out of the New York City construction market and was successful. Now, no cream puff is going to come through that gauntlet. No, no, he's tough. Yeah, definitely. And I'm not bothered by the way he that. speaks. You know, I was an English teacher. I was I taught uh, writing. I taught public speaking. I certainly admire beautiful speech. I love the way he speaks. It's honest. Right. It's open. It's real. It's uh, it's not polished. It's not packaged. It's genuine. I know where he stands. And right. and I say to him, you stand tall. And you're full of dreams, Donald. This is one of the things I wrote in a letter recently. And visions and aspirations and reminders that God tells us that all things are possible. You praise private industry. You know, when he did that Elon Musk SpaceX thing, I thought that was so inspiring. You celebrate our past successes and trumpet our grandest dreams, he said to, um, to the audience when he was speaking. He said, I stand before you. As a friend and ally to every American seeking justice and peace, I stand before you in firm opposition to anyone exploiting this tragedy, the recent terrible thing that happened with the cop killing that man. To exploit the tragedy, to loot, to rob, to attack and to menace. Healing, not hatred. Justice, not chaos. Are the missions at hand? And I said, this is the way I ended my 
second book, Dear Donald, Four More Years, Donald, you remind us to hold on to our dreams. You command us to reach for the moon. We will reach a renewed spirit, and with God's help, we will together dance among the stars. This man is positive. He's a dreamer. He's a yeah. And in the midst of all this chaos, I promise you, he is going to bring us to a winning and better place. Definitely. I now, where 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 do you see the state of Ohio? State of Ohio is a very critical state in regards to the the, the, the election. Where do you see? I mean, you have we do have a Republican governor, which is Mike Mike DeWine, um, and but, he's a good governor. He's done a pretty good he, job. Yeah, he's better than he's better than Kasich. That's for sure. Yeah, but, he's done a fairly good job. I'm I'm not unhappy with him. Um, so do you where do, I how see do you, Ohio? Yes, Ohio is is going to go for Trump. You know, you feel it in the air. You breathe it in the air. You you see it on the faces of your neighbors and and the people all over. Really, I see it everywhere. I really do. I have. Um, Children in Columbus. Okay. That's a very different feeling from Cleveland. But all over the state, I see even those people who were not so sure about Donald Trump, as they're watching and watching and listening and listening, they're moving in his direction. They don't always want to tell you. You know, I worked in a lot of the political offices making phone calls, and people would whisper to me on the phone, They'd say, well, don't tell anybody. But, you know, these polls, they're ridiculous. They're not telling you the truth in these polls. There are so many people who are supporting Donald Trump who don't want to be too public about it because the people who are not supporting him are so contentious that they don't want to put themselves in that position. So they're quiet about their allegiance to Donald Trump. But they're dug in, they're firmly supporting him, and they're going to vote for him, and we're going to fight for honest votes. You know, we don't want any tricky stuff in the election, and Donald Trump will take care of it. This man is a genius. Thank God for him every day. Definitely. Uh, Your website, your uh, plug in your book, so we can basically uh, have our listening audience... uh, Go out there and, and buy that book. You know, you can buy the book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. That's the easiest way to get the book. And you can reach me at Sandra Lee at DearDonaldBooks.com. And I'll get you any information that you need. But Amazon is, is easy. So far, they've been supporting the book. I worry because, you know, Amazon yeah. doesn't like Dear Donald so much. But no. uh, they've been fair. And um, and you can get it anywhere where books are sold. And please look for Dear Donald Four More Years because, boy, I'm rooting for him to win. And that Definitely. one will be out probably by mid-July. Well, it's, 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 even today, it's even more critical that he wins. It certainly is. It certainly yeah. is. Go to the polls. Because. Make sure you go in person and yeah. um, cast your vote. I, I'm a little worried about mail-in votes. I don't know if they're uh, your safest bet. So if you can possibly well, go to the polls, do that. It's 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 you know I think one of the, one of the things that that uh, I think uh, it's going to happen is that the president uh, and 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 the Republican Party are going to fight this in court. They're not going to allow the Democrats to basically push ahead as an excuse, because that was the excuse. Well, if you're a coronavirus, you know, because of coronavirus, we must stay home. That So I think part of the problem, and it's not a conspiracy, because they have shown that this is the, their agenda. They want to keep people as long as they can inside so they, they can come up with the well, excuse. Well, what hypocrites? Well, They're all over the streets and cities. In all the Democrat cities across the country. So, you know, that's not going to work. We're not going to stay home. We're going to the polls, and we're going out to dinner, and we're going back to work, and we're taking our country back, and we're going to do it fast. You wait and see. I love it. I I love it. Within six months, we're going to be where we were and ahead of it. 
Well, the I economy. I've really the, enjoyed speaking to you this evening. It's been fun. De- de- definitely. And last thing, last thing, uh, Sandra, what are you pursuing another uh, another book after this? Yes. Well, the the book that's coming out in July is Dear Donald, Four More Years. The one right. that's out now is Dear Donald, Letters from a Loving Deplorable. And I'd like to do a third book. The third book is Dear Donald, A Rainbow in a Winter Sky. I think this man is a rainbow. You know, things were looking so bleak and so cold and so impossible. I was parked by a tree the other day. My kids were going to come from New York. I wanted everything to look beautiful. The darn trees just wouldn't bloom. They were just (laughs) bleak. I thought, come on, it's June already. Do something. And the, nothing was happening. And within one day, those trees absolutely bloomed. They were green as they could be. They were lush as they could be. And I said, that's what's going to happen with all this negativity. Donald Trump is going to turn it all around. And one day you're going to wake up when you least expected it. And all the trees are going to be blooming again. Well, his, his son may be running in 2024. 20, I hope so. So that, that, there it goes. That's the reason I asked you about a third book. That that would be a, another book that you, that would be. Uh, that That'll you, be you, Dear you, Donald, Four More Years is this one. And then my third one's going to be Dear Donald, A Rainbow in a Winter Sky. With Donald Jr. Well, it might be <laughs> during the, the second uh, run with Donald Sr., you know, this, this one, Dear Donald, Four More Years, will be out in a couple of weeks. That's the second book. The third book I'll do while Donald mm. is still in office. Uh-oh. And that'll be Dear Donald, uh, Rainbow in a, in a Winter Sky. And, you know, I think that's an interesting thing that you said, that possibly following Donald Trump, we could I see Donald, Donald Jr. Wouldn't that be yeah. something? I, I, I it's have possible. Funny- it's possible. But anyway, I don't want to keep you any longer. Fantastic. Anytime you want to come back, you're welcome and, and, and great success. And we'll be plugging in your book uh, uh, more often. Thank you. I'd be delighted to talk to you again. We'll talk again soon. All right, Sandra. All right, Good thank evening. you. Good night. Good night. So that was Sandra Lee, political analyst, author of Dear Donald's Letters from a Loving Deplorable. Great. Wasn't she great? Yeah, yeah. She, uh, it's a tough fight. You know, it's not just the education system. I mean, uh, that's part of it. That's it's part the of media. It. It, it's, it's the education system, the, the media. Look at what happened the past week with the two reporters. Uh, one of the times, I think the one was a Washington Post or something. It, just middle of the road articles. And both of those writers and editors were fired. They were demanded to be fired by the staff of the newsroom. So what the hell does that tell you? Uh, you? You can't even have a middle-of-the-road opinion. I mean, censorship and deceit are their game. They're vile and disgusting. And I can't say on the air what I think should happen to the bastards. Definitely, but we we know what they should. You and I know what they uh, we, we they need to um, for what should happen, but we won't say it uh, just because we don't want them given given them any opportunity. But anyway, next week we have another special guest uh, on the program, and, and I think Mark, you're gonna really like this this, this individual. Uh, he's gonna he. You know, you you got the uh, what was his name, Mathis, and the other generals coming out and and criticizing yeah. the president. Well, this guy is also at the same level. He'll be coming on, and he'll definitely be speaking for, not against. The oh, wow, rats! I thought it was a lap dancer for a second. You got oh, me excited. Well. Hey, I can't get everything. You know, I I try my best, but you know, I want to make you happy. Uh, but definitely, <laughs> so def- definitely, we'll 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 have uh, a great good. Good evening. God bless 
America, and we'll be talking next week. Have a great week. All right, Mark. Uh, oh, you know what? We got one minute. I wanted to plug. We have Trump rallies this Saturday, Point Pleasant Beach in Middletown. Look it up. All right. Okay. Have a good one.